With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's going to go 8 4 this year, and half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Welcome back to the tailgate. Uh, Kiernan, how you doing, pal? Uh, a mix of elation and depression. So pretty much the same every week, but there's specific reasons that we'll get into later. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing well. The bye week did wonders for my mental health situation. So <laughs> I bet it did. So that's all we can ask for. Uh, but we're just going to jump into our first topic. The Michigan tunnel shenanigans. For those who didn't see this weekend, Michigan played Michigan State, and a bunch of Michigan State players basically jumped two Michigan players. Uh, they started jumping one, and then another one came in to try and help. One of those Michigan players has lawyered up. Jim Harbaugh would like to see charges brought up against the Michigan State football team. Karen, what are your thoughts on this? Uh I mean, I think it's perfectly fair that uh, charges are brought up uh, because I understand that, you know, tensions are high. You just lost, you know, because it was after the game, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, you just lost. Tensions are high. You're going down the same tunnel as the, the opponent that just ran you off the field. Words were definitely exchanged. And I understand a little jostling a little pushing maybe but you can't go uh mile uh miles garrett on mason rudolph and just slam your helmet into some guy that's just that like you could you there was the chance of killing that person if you hit him hard enough like that's a horrible horrible injury to sustain and i i don't blame them for lawyering up and trying to press charges it's it's ridiculous and it kind of goes to michigan Get two tunnels, please. Yeah, I, I'm i more on that side. I think what the Michigan State players did was terrible. You shouldn't do that. Uh, I think death is possible, but at the very least, I think a career-ending concussion yeah. is very possible. Fractured skull, yeah. that dude could have been done. But I honestly, and I'm not taking blame away from the Michigan State players, they need to be punished in some way, shape, or form, whether it is on the legal side of things, whether it is just by Mel Tucker. But a big chunk of blame needs to be on the University of Michigan. Absolutely. It is. You said it. Why don't you have two tunnels? But Michigan has enough money to slightly uh, build a new tunnel. A uh, University of Michigan in financial year 2022 
had an endowment market value of $17.3 billion as of June 30th. The University of Michigan Athletic Department projects operating revenues of $201.9 million in 2022-2023. Now, yes, they do have operating expenses of $201.9 million, but a lot of public institutions need to have a zero balance at the end of the year. So some of those might be, oh, yeah, we bought $10 million worth of Gatorade bottles, and we bought like 10 of the big jugs. So that's really where all that money's going. They could easily find some fucking money to build a new tunnel or at least widen the current tunnel and divide it. Right. Like, and it's and, not hard. Right. It, it's it's not hard. And uh, to add to that, most of that stuff would uh, fall under the facilities of the campus, not even the athletic department per se. So it's a facilities issue. It's not a specifically academic department. Now, those two departments would work together for sure, but it it's a completely separate budget. So it doesn't even matter how much or how little the the athletic department is putting into expenses and things like that. It, it, it's doable. It's perfectly reasonable. That's fair. I, I wasn't sure about how kind of funding for that stuff comes from because I know some schools, like the school, the university itself, can't use their athletic department's logo. Like I know that's a rule at Alabama. They mm-hmm. can't use the script A on campus, technically, in some places. Yes, yeah, same with Penn State. So I didn't know if the football department the ba- or the football field, the basketball field and all that falls into the athletic department budget or facilities budget. I, I fortunately worked for the facilities at Penn State, and that's how they do their budget. And I presume because it's a big university, that's how most people do their budgets, too, oh, albeit uh, with uh, different yeah. you know, taxes, incentives from state and local governments. Yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't saying you were wrong. I was saying like that's why I brought up the athletic department budget because I yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. sure personally. Right, yeah. Uh, but either way, plenty of money to get this done. Right. And it and it, and it extends even to the uh, two weeks prior where Michigan and Penn State had an altercation, albeit not as bad, but, you know, some pushing and shoving, which, again, is kind of – pushing and shoving is kind of okay, but, like, outright attacking somebody is wrong. Like, I, prob- I don't think – I don't think that anybody's, like – uh, confused about that fact. No, the problem though is this is clearly something that everyone involved should have seen coming. This happened twice last year too. Once with Ohio State, once with Penn State, or it's happened in the past because uh, Penn State played this year. Yeah, but it happened twenty twenty one with Ohio State. It's something that people probably should have seen. Gone well. This could get a lot worse one week. So let's let's fix this issue now. Yeah. And I think in Michigan has some rules about how much money you can take from the endowment fund for these, because for capital expenditures, things like that, and what notice you need to give. So I think with a hundred million, you have to give two years notice with like 10 million. You have to give like 90 days. I think that's what I just read. But even so, this is something that probably should have been planned on for a while. No, I absolutely agree. I think this, this, thing should have been addressed at the advent of smartphones because the minute you can take a picture and immediate or a video and immediately upload it to the internet that should have been the warning signs for the university going there's going to be issues like if it's if it's like behind quote-unquote closed doors you know when when the fans are all in this in the section and all you have is some you know cctv footage and you know it's kind of swept under the rug by the university charges are pressed whatever happens that's like you can kind of get away from all this uh animosity that's going to come towards you and kind of at michigan can kind of like say oh look this didn't happen uh, or you know this was a an altercation that happened kind of off the books and now it's like oh yeah i can just tweet this right now you guys are idiots you look like they look like fools yeah. Also, I think I think this should have been addressed even before smartphones and social media were very prevalent because you don't want a player to get hurt. But more importantly, they renovated the stadium in 2010. Smartphones oh, were a, like video phones at the very least. Maybe not smartphones were a thing by 2010. Uh, yeah, they should have figured they should have been because 
University of Michigan is a very good school. There are some smart people who go there and work there. Someone probably should have looked at got, hmm, people cannot record everything we do. This is probably going to be an issue in the future. Let's fix it now. Yeah. But, yeah, and what were you going to say, Kiernan? Well, I was just going to bring because I can tell we're kind of getting to the end of this segment here. So I was going to bring up something really funny that uh, a Michigan State fan said. Uh, they said, um, from now on, the Michigan State-Penn State game will be known as the Tunnel Bowl. And I thought that was really funny. Beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Um, speaking of Penn State, uh, Kiernan, close game for most of it. Uh Penn State kind of gave away the game at the end. Sean Clifford threw some bad picks. Karen, what were your thoughts on the game? I hate it here. <laughs> I absolutely hate it. I Fair. just, I'm like, the first two drives uh, were two turnovers. One was a batted, a batted interception, which is kind of, I don't want to say a fluke, but, you know, those things happen. You know, the, the play call was correct. It was just a poor pass and a, a, a great read by the defense and the catch afterwards was pretty, pretty impressive from the big man. But, um, and to be fair, I think Penn state held their own for three quarters and, and solidly held their own for three quarters. Uh, the first three drives of Ohio state, uh, they ended in uh, two field goals and one, uh, one touchdown, which in, the grand scheme of things isn't too bad, uh, you know, when you're taking into consideration how good Ohio State is. Uh, and the the second field goal they missed, uh, I'm pretty sure. But the sheer fact of the matter is, is that they were so good for so long. And then something in the fourth quarter, they just completely forgot how to play. The defense stopped just I, I guess they just stopped trying. Like, you know, they, they clearly were taking, uh, they're on the take and they're allowing Ohio State to put up points. Fair. I also think this doesn't prove, but kind of supports my opinion last week that Ryan Day needs to give up uh, play calling duties. Because if you were playing not Sean Clifford at quarterback, you're down by 20 or 30 by the fourth quarter. Against Tennessee, Ohio State's not walking, not covering. No, if they are no, putting I, up sixteen points through three. Yeah, and 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 you're absolutely right, Kevin. And I, I redact everything I say from last week. I thought you know this was a, a, a methodical game plan set out by Ryan Day, and it turns out I was completely wrong because uh, Penn State was the first, I think, legitimately serious competition Ohio faced how Iowa state has faced all year. And if that's the case, then they are in for an ass whooping when they get into the playoff. I don't even know if it's once they get into the playoffs, I think they like, could potentially be in for an ass whooping at the end of the month. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point because uh, Michigan needs to play them. Yeah. in Michigan ran us off the field, Penn state the ran entire us game. off the field. Yeah. And I, I, I get I get the whole thing between home field advantage and you know Penn State was playing away, uh, and Ohio State was playing away. Sure, but I'm convinced that 40 for uh, 44 or 41 17 44. 44 oh. Thank you. Yeah, 40. Yeah, it was 44 17. I'm pretty sure that the Michigan Penn State game. Um, I'm convinced that that game might have been closer in Happy Valley, but not by much because. Michigan just looked so much better. And again, this is on, on me for predicting a, 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 sh a way too highly ranked Michigan team. I, I was wrong from the beginning of the season. I thought they were going to just completely capitulate the first time they had to face any real competition. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, also, I thought you were talking about the Ohio state game at first. It was 41 17, uh, the Michigan Penn state game. Yes, yes. I was trying to compare the the, the yeah, score line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying because I said forty four, but um, but yeah, no. I mean, home field advantage does not account for twenty four points. Yes, yes, it accounts for ten to ten to twelve points at yeah. least. 
and then and then it's and then it's just up to the actual teams to to play. And also, I mean, just based on the eye test, Michigan yeah. looked like the better team. Oh, absolutely, for the absolutely. entire game. Yeah, for the Ohio State Penn State, you were looking at like, oh, is Penn State the better team here? Is yeah, like you you could legitimately say if if we had uh, if we had someone comparable to uh, C.J. Stroud or uh, you know. I think anybody apart from John Clifford, to be perfectly honest with you, that game not only would have been closer, but we might have won it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it it was. It's not fun, but I take pleasure in being right about Ryan Day's play calling. So we have shitty play callers. Brian Harson is finally gone. Uh, he is getting fifteen point three million dollars to fuck off seventy percent of the remaining value of his contract which I don't feel bad for Harson. He got to hook up with his hot assistant and got paid almost $16 million. There are worse things in the world. I would take that 10 times out of 10. Uh, but it was also funny. Uh, Cleesey, the assistant he allegedly slept with. And I just say allegedly for legal purposes, he flew this girl from Boise to be his assistant in Auburn and paid her a shit ton of money. Yeah, there's... She's not that good an assistant. Yeah. But she did end up liking tweets about him being fired. That was so funny. Oh, my God. It's like, how do you recover from that? Like, you can arguably recover from getting fired and getting a $15 million buyout or whatever it was. But then to have the assistant that you, quote unquote, allegedly slept with uh, is to like the tweet is just, I mean, the icing on the cake. Incredible. Uh, but there's a lot of names floating around, Kiernan, about who could replace good old Brian. Uh, Primetime is up there. Lane. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Hugh Freeze, Matt Rule. Do you think any of those names are going to end up in the Plains? Um, we kind of talked about this the last time uh, this conversation was brought up and I think it was it was two weeks ago at this point might have been last week but I I would like to see primetime like despite him I think he said he didn't want it or he didn't want to go you know he's got a good program where he is and things like that I'd love to see it I, I think it would be fun um I think the more logical one is is probably Matt rule I'd say um because Nobody's going to take Scott Frost after his abysmal recruiting problems. Uh, the other thing is Matt Rule is uh, – how, how do I put this delicately? He's not like you know a, a college football god or anything amongst that, but he has proven track record at the very minimum at Baylor. So like – you know, do you go with a safer option that has can has won in the past, or do you go for Scott Frost, who's, in fairness, won the uh, U UCF? Yes, so many yeah. U's. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, UCF in 2017, and like, you know, do, is that the route you go, like a, a one-time thing, or do you go with Matt Rule, who I think is a little bit more consistent and was good enough to make it into the pros. So yeah, it's kind of tough. I, I think it's tough. Cause I think the fans want a flashy coach. 
The fans yes. want Auburn to make a splash. They want them to get Lane Kiffin. They want them to get Deion Sanders. Some really want them to get Hugh Freeze. I don't think that's possible. He just signed an extension at Liberty, basically making that very unlikely because Liberty's also been a good program uh, the last couple of years since they jumped to FBS. So I think they're going to do that. They're going to go after Lane Kiffin. They're going to go after Deion. Auburn's not a very good situation right now for coaches. Uh, their fans like to say how like, oh, we've won a national championship this decade or this century. Not many teams can say that. Uh, we've beaten Nick Saban. We're in the SEC. We've had like long tenured coaches in our history. We've had Pat Dye. We've had Ralph Jordan, Mike Donahue. The problem is y'all have had four full-time head coaches, six if you count the interims, during Saban's tenure at Alabama. You... Fired one of them after a down year or two. You brought in a new coach. You dragged his name through the mud. And then, whether or not it's true, I'm not arguing that. Uh, I did see someone point out how their last two coaches are former Arkansas State coaches. (laughs) Uh, Gus Malzahn was there in 2012. Brian Harson was there in 2013. So they are terrified that... Butch Jones is going to be the coach. <laughs> I I'm out on I don't think Butch Jones is the answer. I don't think they're gonna get Butch Jones because there are two things, two reasons why people go from Arkansas State to Auburn. They either A were like an offensive coordinator there in the past, they have a connection like Gus Malzahn did, or they showed some level of success, went somewhere else and had more success. Brian Harson was there in 2013, goes to Boise State, has success. Blake Anderson, the Arkansas State Red Wolves coach from 2014 to 2020, was a 50 at a 51-37 record. He is currently at Utah State in his 14 and 8 there. So that fulfills the level of success or some success, some more success. Won the Mountain West last year. And the year in between or the stop in between Blake Anderson is your next coach. Auburn get excited, get excited. The stoner from workaholics is your next coach. (laughs) I phenomenal. If, if I'm right about this and they end up settling for Blake Anderson, I'm never going to shut up about it. (laughs) I was right. And I'll never let anybody live it down. Every single coaching hire I'm going to treat as go- every potential coaching hire I mentioned, I'm just going to say, nope, this is the right answer. This is Blake Anderson all over again. So, yeah, Blake Anderson to the Plains. Book it. He's going to last probably three, four years there. Maybe six if he has some close games against Alabama. Maybe beats him once or twice. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. I think the other thing about Auburn is that they're so focused on beating Alabama that they're like, oh, if you don't have instant success against Alabama, you know, you, you know, we're gonna let you go. And it's just like, no, as provided he, Saban, provided Saban is still there, you're not going to win. I and I mean consistently. I mean, like you know, year in, year out, you know, two wins, one loss, a win, a loss. I mean, even if you have some success, like Gus Malzahn always played Alabama close. Uh, right. Brian Harson last year, he they did blow a lead, but. It took them took Alabama into overtime, a team that was about to steamroll Georgia in the SEC championship and then make it to the national championship and lose to that same Georgia team. But still, and to the point about them only caring about being Alabama, my favorite joke to make is in 2017, Alabama was the national championship or national champion in all but two states, Florida, because UCF's shenanigans and they fucking and rick scott signed like a proclamation that floor ucf was the national champion in florida and then alabama because auburn made state champion rings after winning the iron bowl that year that is the most little brother shit i've ever people are yeah, saying oh michigan state is little brother auburn you yeah you won congrats and then you watch them go on and win a national championship why are you making state championship rings yeah, this is ridiculous. And it was part of their SEC West champion ring. But still, putting state champions on there is just a weird fucking move. 
It's a weird brag. Like it's it's it would be this equivalent of Michigan State beating Michigan and putting that on their like on the the state rings or whatever. Like that's that would be the equivalent. It's yeah, it's sad it, almost. It, it's also weird because like. Auburn and Alabama, lately, it's been a relatively close rivalry. Yeah. Like, Alabama goes on runs. Historically, Alabama is the better program. But Auburn play, has played them closely before yeah. leading up to that game. So I I don't know what's going on with Auburn. But let's hope next year they aren't making their way into this segment. We're going to play a new game. Not even a game. We're just going to talk. Buyer's Remorse. What teams do you think are really regretting their offseason hires? Now, one rule, contract extensions do not count. We all know that Michigan State regrets Mel Tucker's contract. But new hires, I have one off the bat, and it's it has to be Mario Cristobal at Miami. Manny Diaz obviously wasn't the guy there. Kieran, I know you're in love with Manny Diaz now that he's your defensive coordinator. He, he is pretty at- good. He is terrible. Uh, team had attitude issues. You had guys partying, going out. The team was okay. They weren't great. The U was never back with them. And then you bring in Mario Cristobal. Had success at Oregon. Could recruit reasonably well. Put Justin Herbert in the f- league. So you bring him in expecting to have this success. The U is back. He's now 4-4. Four and four. He lost to Duke and... Uh, Van Dyke has essentially played himself out of a first-round draft grade with Mario Cristobal at the helm. I think Mario Cristobal is going to be the next coach to get a massive fucking buyout because the U is going to realize that, shit, we are screwed. We need to get someone else in here as soon as possible. Ken, do you do you have any thoughts on that or any other coaches that you think schools are regretting the hiring of more? Um, I would say I'm, I'm, I, I would agree with you on Mario Cristobal thing. Cause like I, I was even bought up in the hype with like, Oh, the, they're finally back. Like, let's see like the, the bad boys of old, of old and things like that. Um, and I don't know if this necessarily counts Kevin. Cause he was like an interim made, full-time but marcus freeman at notre dame because i mean he had shit the bed this year uh i don't know if that if that kind of counts in your new we'll, coaches we'll, we'll allow it. it's not an extension it's technically taking away the interim tag we will account that as a f- new coach right because they could have gone in another direction so i'm, I'm gonna claim it yep. but i think yep. i think definitely it. marcus freeman because uh much like uh much like i had just said with mario cristobal i was thinking like you know, I think Notre Dame nailed it with this pick. The guys love uh, market. Uh, for, yeah, they love Marcus. They're like they they want to do well under him, or at least that was like the the vibe I got. And from reading reports, saying you know this guy is the next serious coach for Notre Dame. He's gonna go out and he's gonna win. And then they lose to Marshall. You know, you could argue that the loss to Ohio State was unfortunate but then you saw what ohio state was putting on the field weekend with and you're like okay that that loss kind of makes sense and then they go and lose to marshall and then you're like ah okay so notre dame hasn't changed at all yeah i i didn't really buy into the mario cristobal hype i i never thought he was a great coach i mean congrats you won in the pac-12 i could do that um <laughs> but yeah, you can do a lot of coaching things all right yes that is true it, but Auburn could not give me enough money to live in Auburn. No. <laughs> I'll fucking commute from Alabama, from Tuscaloosa. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'll I'll deal with the potential health risks of being Auburn's head coach living in Tuscaloosa. Uh, yeah. But I I was fully bought into the Marcus Freeman experience for all the reasons you said. The guy seemed to love him. He seemed to bring an energy that Brian Kelly didn't necessarily have. He started recruiting well. I was very high on Marcus Freeman. And yeah, he's uh he's kind of done. I don't know if he's done done. I think Mario Criswell is gonna be on a hotter seat just because he was the defense coordinator. And 
Notre Dame had some not great years under Brian Kelly, so I think the administration might want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I, I think I think they'll still give him the benefit of the doubt, and I think they'll give him uh, next next season or at least into next season, um, depending on how poorly he performs. Then they'll probably reevaluate. But I think you know, even even getting the interim tag removed, you know, you're still you're still a new head coach. Like you you've got to get your guys in. You've got to. Uh, I don't know if if the same sort of. Uh, I don't know if it's the same sort of culture in the locker room that Brian Kelly had, uh, you know, I, I don't know the specifics of that stuff, but you know, the, I think giving an interim coach now full time, give them two years at the very minimum, and then you can reevaluate afterwards. That's true. And there's a lot of answers to this question too, of guys who maybe people are regretting. Uh, I Billy Napier for one, is not doing well, Florida. I have no. two coaching hires, though, that I think were home run hits. One of them's not shocking. The other one, people might be surprised by. Sonny Dykes at TCU. Very you, true. You fired Gary Patterson and relieved him of duties or had a mutual parting of ways, whatever the hell they called it, after 21 years. You need to hit a home run on the next hire. They bring in Sonny Dykes. They're ranked seven in the first cultural playoff poll. They're undefeated. They arguably should be higher in the poll. Incredible hire. Could not have done a better job with this hire. I am loving the move by TCU. And the second one that might be surprising, Jim Mora at UConn. UConn's not great, but they were 1-11 last year. They're knocking on the door of bowl eligibility at 4-5 and five right now. That's a pretty good turnaround. That that's very fair. It's hard I, to hard to argue with that. I just feel we don't talk about UConn enough on here because it's an independent in a part of the country where nobody cares about college football. Yeah. But Jim Mora, nice job, buddy. You're doing you're killing it. You're killing up there in stores or down there in stores for me. Uh, if if we have if we have if we're giving praise to at least one coach, uh, then I have to give it to uh, Dan Lenning, who has managed to make Bo Nix look like a competent quarterback. Oh, I agree hundred percent. That Georgia beatdown was bad. He's turned it around. He has. He has seriously turned it around. <laughs> Look at us being positive for once. Wow, it's a real change. Do you feel all warm and gooey inside, Kevin? Because I hate it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a fan. Let's uh, let's talk about week nine. Let's go through our week nine review. Because uh, I, once again, got dominated. <laughs> yeah, you did. I gave you a free win, too. <laughs> yeah, Kieran gave me a free one. Kieran's only loss last week was the Penn State pick. He would have gone Love perfect. It. Uh, I, I, I I had to accept it. Fair. I debated it on not giving it to you on one, but because I picked Oklahoma State and you picked Kansas, or Kansas State, I just gave it to you because you picked the winner. So, come on, yeah. But I mean, that, the yeah, other the, the other stuff, the over and the spread and stuff's more like as a tiebreaker. Yeah, it is. So we'll go through it real quick. Number two, Ohio State at number twelve, Penn State. This is last week's rankings, not this week's. Uh, Penn State, Canada at Penn State, 28-24. I had Ohio State, 35-20. Uh, Ohio State, 44-31. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
I actually like my pick a lot. I think I was really close, actually. Yeah. Uh, next up, number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, K-State. Uh, as I mentioned, Kiernan had Kansas State 31-28. I had Oklahoma State 36-24. Kansas Got State blown out. Did you see uh, Oklahoma State's backup quarterback came in, and his hands were shaking as he was <laughs> doing his snap count. Oh my god! It, it was hilarious. like he was a freshman or a redshirt freshman. It was his first game action. I felt bad for the kid, but it was hilarious. Yeah, that, yeah, that's brutal. That is brutal. Uh, number nineteen, Kentucky at number three, Tennessee. Canada, Tennessee, forty nine twenty seven. I had Tennessee fifty four thirty seven. Uh, this one I didn't get into the semantics of spread and all that. Tennessee won forty four to six. We both had the over. We both. Didn't have Tennessee covering, so but we both picked Tennessee, so we both got a W there. Next up, Old Dominion at Georgia State. Canada at Georgia State, 35-10. to 10. I had Georgia State, 100-2. Uh, Georgia State won 31-17. So the under did hit, and Kiernan predicted the under. So I'm... Woo. I was really hoping. The over, the line was 55 and a half. I was really hoping it'd be 56, just so I could say I won with a 100-2 score prediction. <laughs> It would have been a slap in the face for me. Yes, it would have. And it is now up 18 to 14. Uh, it's it's still comeback season. We're gonna we're gonna bounce back. Karen, do you know what yesterday or two days ago was? Three days uh, ago when this comes out? No, what? It was Halloween. Oh. And people like to argue that there is Thanksgiving in between Halloween and Christmas, but you know, Karen, it's just I'm just getting excited for that white stuff to be all over the ground. And we're gonna kick off this season of white stuff all over the ground with the combo. We have UMass at UConn Friday at seven at Pratt and Whitney Stadium at East Hartford. UConn is a minus fifteen and a half. Also, by the way, yes, Thanksgiving is between the two. I strictly said we should skip it to talk about white stuff on the ground before the combo. Uh UConn is minus fifteen and a half, over under a forty. Karen, who you got? Uh, as much as I want to go with UMass, I'm going to give it to UConn, but it's going to be like 2010 at most. Okay. Fair. I, I don't hate it. Uh, I'm also going to go to UConn or go with UConn. I can't talk about how great of a job Jim Moore is doing and then not pick them. I'm going to go UConn 33 Boston College, or not Boston College, they beat Boston <laughs> College already. UMass 7. I was just looking at that score. Uh, so, UConn 33, UMass 7. UConn 34. I do not want a fucking push on the over-under. Uh, next up, Tennessee at Georgia. Cubs at 3.30 on Saturday at Sanford Stadium in Athens. Georgia is a minus 8 with an over-under of 66. I'm going to go I'm going to go with Tennessee on this one. Tennessee 52 Georgia 30. That's that's a that's a good that's a good pick. That's a really good pick. Uh Yeah, I I really want to ride the Tennessee train right now because they, like they just look they look so good in every aspect of the of the of the game. So I'm going to go uh, 47, Tennessee 47, Georgia 34. I'd like to point out Tennessee is like the 120th ranked pass defense in the country, but I think their offense can do enough. To their offense can compensate. I'm not worried. Yes. Uh, next up, and these are college football playoff rankings. These are not AP poll rankings because if so, that would be it. Would be like number one Georgia versus number three Tennessee. I think this is a one v one matchup though, because you got number one in the AP poll, number one in the College Football Playoffs, and number one hundred and thirty and one hundred thirty first in my hearts. Uh, next up, number twenty one Wake Forest at number two NC State. Kickoff is at eight. It is at Carter Finley in Raleigh. Wake Forest is a minus four and a half with a fifty four over under. Kiernan, who you got? Uh, I'm probably gonna go with the Wolfpack at home. Uh there it's going to be uh 
I'm going to go with Wake Forest and the cutie patootie that is Sam Hartman. We go Wake Forest 33, NC State 31. They're going to go for two to try and tie it up at the end, and then it's not going to work. That's a good. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Next up, we got FSU at Miami. I fucking hate rivalry games that don't have a cool name. So stupid. Can we just call it the Hard Rock rivalry? I'm down. I mean, it's at Hard Rock. Like it, it would be funny. Fair. Uh, it's also there's some... a lot of Viagra in in Miami as well. True, and probably Tallahassee. Uh, I yeah, also true. think it's <laughs> dumb, by true. the way that a program as storied as the U doesn't have their own stadium. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's like an hour away from state their campus. Just fucking hate it. But the Hard Rock rivalry kickoff is at seven thirty at Hard Rock. FSU is a minus seven and a half with a fifty three over under. I'm rocking with the Seminoles on this one. You know, FSU 25, the U 18. No, actually, fuck that. Fuck that. FSU 37, Miami 20. This is going to be one of those weeks, Kevin, where uh, we're going to have to be semi-similar or mostly similar because I've got FSU as well. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, just to make sure that the scores aren't the same. Uh, just want to make sure that you do have the over. Yes, you do. Uh, I'm just going to go for the under because fuck it. Uh, 30 to 20, 30 to 22. Yep. I'm still not sold on that 37 to 20. I still feel like the under might hit, but I don't really care. You've already made your picks. So I'll just keep the over. Uh, next up, we have a bonus pick this week because why the fuck not? It's a top 10 matchup. I didn't want to do two SEC teams impacting our games or our scores. But number six, Bama at number 10, LSU. Kickoff is at seven. It is at Death Valley. Bama minus 13, the 58 over under. Kieran, who are you rocking with? Um, Only because I have more confidence in Bama to actually win a, win a game than I do Brian Kelly to actually make it put a dent in Bama's defense. I'm going to say uh, Bama... 42 LSU 27. I thought you were going to pick LSU to fuck with me and I was about to be pissed. No, no, Kevin, Kevin, come on, be real. I, 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 I got the Tennessee pick and that's all I need for the rest of the season. Fair. I, I'm going with Bama, but I have a sneak. Really? Why, Why is that Kevin? I have a sneaking suspicion this score is going to be a lot more like some older Alabama LSU scores. I'm going to go Bama 22 to 3. I don't know why. What the fuck is that scoreline? I mean, I, surely Bama will put up more points than 22. I don't know. I just I have a weird sneaking suspicion that this is going to be a Bill O'Brien masterclass where he's going to make <laughs> sure he gets the win, but doesn't actually try to put up points. <laughs> like he's going to go, hmm, how many points do I have to score, or how few points do I have to score to keep my job and still win without actually putting up points? <laughs> Bill O'Brien masterclass. I fucking hate Bill O'Brien. Oh my god! Why? Is, why does that make sense? Like, why does your argument for that for that scoreline make sense? Right? I I hundred percent see it happening now. I I I don't know whether it's I forget that Bill O'Brien is the offensive coordinator, or I just am ignorant to it because you guys got Bryce Young or whatever. But like. It's so true. It's so true. I hate uh, it. I, I wish I could forget the Bill O'Brien's offense coordinator. Also, quick note on the Tennessee-Georgia game. Uh, Nolan Smith is out for the year, and which is a big loss for Georgia, which is part of the reason why I think Tennessee will easily hang a 50-burger on him. Uh, Kearney, want to talk about the college football playoff poll? Absolutely. The first one, the one that matters the least. Remember, folks, in 2014, Mississippi State was the first ever number one in the college football playoff poll and then did not make the college football playoffs. So, have that going for you, Tennessee. Good luck. Uh, first up, we're going to go top, bottom to top, like usual. No others receiving votes. 
You have 25 UCF, 24 Texas, 23 Oregon State, 22 NC State, 21 Wake Forest, and 20 Syracuse. I don't hate this yet. Do you have any thoughts on the bottom six? Not really. I because I, I mean it doesn't really they don't really matter. Um, so I am okay with this. I don't. There's there's no real issues to bring up. I I suppose. That's fair. Uh. Next up, 19 Tulane. First time Tulane's been ranked in the College Football Playoff poll. Congrats, Tulane. Uh, they have won an SEC championship more recently than Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt's never won one. Uh, 18 Oklahoma State, 17 North Carolina, 16 Illinois. Also, the first time they've been ranked in the College Football Playoff poll. Uh, and 15 Penn State. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I know you have some thoughts on 15. Uh, well, no, I just I can't be bothered to make a prediction anymore just it's just it's so sad that's fair my concern is i feel like penn state's sweet spot for the ap poll is like that 12 to 18 range i feel like penn state for the cfp is like 20 to 25 yeah yeah no that that's very fair they go oh shit this matters now yeah i'm gonna stop (laughs) trying to win yeah but no, I mean, I I still don't hate this. Uh, I mean, it's the first one, so it doesn't matter. But 14, Utah, 13, Kansas State, 12, Usula, 11, Ole Miss, and 10, LSU. I A lot of people are mad about LSU being number 10. They think the committee is trying to fabricate a an Alabama top 10 win after this weekend. But, I mean, they did beat Ole Miss. I know I went on a rant about this last week about how just because like a team beat you, you should be around where they are. But ah, I don't hate it so far. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. I I I know what you were trying to point out um, last week about it, but and even if even if LSU was below Ole Miss, it really I you know. Are they going to be, are you going to look at, are people going to really believe the story of, oh, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a top 10 win when they're literally, you know, both decent teams in the SEC and Alabama has to beat both of them anyway. So, I mean, they play one week after each other. So I don't get what the, what the big deal is. Yeah. I also hate though, that if LSU and Ole Miss, like, let's say I don't want it to happen, but let's say Alabama injures LSU's quarterback. And yeah. Alabama wins convincingly. I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying if that happens, LSU then drops a couple more games and drops out of the top 25. People go, oh, that was a fake ranking then. No, Alabama just derailed their season by injuring their quarterback. I mean, it's not good, but it doesn't mean that this win would be lessened any. Right. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're I know what you're saying. I just already know what the arguments against this are going to be. Uh, number well, yeah. nine. It's yeah. just it's, it's just like, always poke fun at the at the fucking. The hot, the best team in the in the country for the past twenty years. Yeah, I fucking hate it. It's, and it's only been like fifteen years. Eh, whatever. You know what I mean. Yeah, number Saban's nine. not dead yet, so you're still good. Fair. Number nine, USC. Number eight, Oregon. Number seven, TCU. Number six, Alabama. Number five, Michigan. I have an issue, Kiernan. I I kind of do too, but go you you do yours first. So Alabama lost to the number one team in the country. Yes. And they're sitting at six. Yes. That would be fair, except for the fact that you have a power five school that is undefeated that just beat the 18th ranked team in the country on this poll by a shit ton. They dominated the entire game. And you're telling me that TCU is lower than Alabama, arguably lower than Michigan. I think you could very easily put TCU at fucking four. And we haven't even talked about top four. TCU could easily be in the fourth spot. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. I, 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 like I, like I said, uh, about, um, not Ohio. Well, both Ohio state and, and Michigan, like Penn state was the only game where, 
they like at least Ohio State and Michigan were really challenged. I think the Michigan State Michigan game last week was uh, easy for Michigan. Like it wasn't like one of those things where it's like, oh, actually we could lose this. Uh, but I, I mean, who has Clemson played this year that's significant? Um, Syracuse, Wake Forest, NC State. Okay, so the bottom half of the the bottom of the the, the last five teams, on literally this list. twenty twenty through twenty two on this poll. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those are good wins, but like, how how good are they really? Yeah, and they were also close games. Yeah, exactly. Except the Syracuse game, didn't they run them off the field? I think it was close for most of it, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it was completely different. I have to, I'll go look it up, but you I could with be your wrong. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I, I don't really have any other issues. I'm just, yeah, the uh, Clemson won 27 to 21. I was I think that was way worse. I don't know. I mean, it, they did, Clemson did put up 17 in the fourth, which means they were down by 10. Yeah, I think that's what I probably was thinking. Just <laughs> fucking Syracuse. Yeah. <laughs> and they beat NC State by 10, which is fine. They beat Wake Forest by six. And I'm trying to look at some other good wins they have. Yeah, they beat Florida State by six. They beat Louisiana Tech by 28. They beat Thurman Furman by 23. They beat Georgia Tech by 31. They beat Boston College by 28. Congrats. Fucking UConn beat Boston College this year. <laughs> like, it's they don't have a good resume. No, they don't. People are complaining about Alabama getting inflated, like, overinflated based on the fact they're in the SEC. What's Clemson's excuse? They're in the ACC, which yeah. is better than it has been in the past, but it's still not great. Is this, know, I, rest, I just, is this a uh, a surge in ACC popularity, and now all the the dominant teams are just going to be from the ACC now from now on? No, it's still just going to be, be talking about wolf hat, wolf packs and Wake Forest for like the rest of eternity. Demon Deacons. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I mean, it's I don't know. I think it's still going to be Clemson. I think as the ACC gets better, if Clemson is still winning. Even if they're really close games or one loss, we'll go, well, the ACC is really good. So Clemson is the clear-cut best team in the country because they're still winning with a better ACC. All right, fair enough. Clemson's starting to get the Alabama treatment with a much shorter body of work in terms of winning. <laughs> uh, but our top four, Clemson at four, Georgia at three, Ohio State at two, and Tennessee at one. I think these votes went in before Saturday because there is no way in hell Ohio State is the number two team in the country currently. Absolutely not. They're in the top four. They're comfortably in the top four. But I don't think they are the number two number team two. in the country. Yeah. I'd be okay with a Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, TCU. I'd be okay with a Tennessee. The fuck? I could talk myself into a Tennessee, TCU, Georgia, Ohio State top four. Or Georgia at four, Ohio State at three. I basically think Tennessee is the clear-cut best team in the country so far. Clemson is not one of the best four teams in the country, and Ohio State is not the second best. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to agree with you because you're speaking speaking the truth. I, I think over this season, TCU has shown has had a better performance overall than than uh, Clemson and Ohio State. Yeah, it, easily. There's it's it's hard to talk someone out of that unless they're an Ohio State fan. But I think the average college football fan, you said, yeah, TCU sh could arguably be the number two team in the country. In terms of this ranking, not it's yeah. always tough to talk about the college football playoffs because, or and I I referenced Tim what Tim Tebow said a few years ago a lot whenever I'm talking about, but 
are you looking for the four best teams or the four most deserving teams? If you're looking for the four best teams, I think Ohio State's probably three. If you're looking for the four most deserving teams, Ohio State's four. TCU's more deserving. Tennessee's more deserving. Georgia's more deserving than Ohio State currently. And Clemson, but I, Clemson's neither one of the four best or most deserving teams in the country. I I actually have a question for you looking at this list. Um, if if Alabama if Alabama beats LSU this weekend and they move up two spots to four and you know whatever iteration comes after that, do you think that's fair? Um, do you think that's a reasonable a reasonable thing to have a one loss team as the number four spot in the country and essentially uh, have, let's just assume that uh, Clemson, Michigan and TCU are uh, five, six and seven respectively. Do you think it's fair to have a one loss team like that be in the college football playoff? Uh, it depends. Are we talking about just next week's ranking or at the end of the year? Let's, uh, for the sake of argument, let's just keep it to next week. Uh, I think we'll need to see how the Georgia-Tennessee game shakes out uh, to really say at the end of the year. But just for right now, do you think it would be reasonable to put an 8-1 Alabama over a 9-0, and for the sake of argument, Clemson? Yes. Okay, why? If they beat down on LSU, yes. If, like, if they, you know, by, by 40 plus points. Yeah. If I'm way off on the Bill O'Brien masterclass and they go out there and score 60 or even 50 and hold them to like 14, 20. Yes. I, I think very easily that is a fair assessment. But also if Michigan State wins, I think they deserve to be in over Clemson. If TCU wins, I think they deserve to be in, Cle- in over Clemson. Fuck, if Oregon wins, they might deserve to be in over Clemson. Watch, uh, watch Clemson absolutely buckle <laughs> at Notre Dame and just lose. Oh, oh. He's so sweet. 17th ranked team in the country. Yeah. But no, it, if Michigan stumbles, if TCU stumbles, then yeah, Alabama should be the number four. If Clemson stumbles, Michigan, Alabama, or TCU should be the four. Okay. Regardless Fair of enough. how the rest shakes out, Clemson, I do not want to see Clemson in the cultural playoff. This That will be painful. I understand blowouts happen all the time in the cultural playoffs, especially the semifinals. Uh, we don't need to see Clemson and DJ Ungalele out there or Cade Klubnik. We don't need to see that. Society has progressed past the point for Dabo Sweeney. I have never in my life rooted for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Not once. <laughs> uh, I... I, I'm not going to be actively rooting for them, but I will be happy if they win. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll give you that. It's uh, just fucking terrible. Uh, speaking of the college show players, though, we are going to talk about, we're going to do who's the idiot for this week. Uh, as always, who's the idiot is brought to you by Yeats. Head over to yeatsofficial.com, promo code tailgate uh, for 10% off your order. They're great sunglasses. I love them. I wear them every day on my commute to work. But our who's the idiot this week is Ohio State fans in general, but more specifically, Sam Block on Twitter. He is, yeah, I'm going to call him out. I don't really give a shit, Kieran. He is tweeting a lot of stuff about how, and a lot of Ohio State fans feel this way. Uh, Ranking the top seven in best order, not most deserving. One, Ohio State, gap. Two, Alabama, three, Georgia, gap. Four, Michigan, five, Tennessee, six, Clemson, gap. Seven, TCU. Um, how Ohio State would handle each of the top seven teams. Tennessee, 55-24 to 24 Ohio State win. Georgia, Ohio State win, 41-24. Clemson, 45-17 Ohio State. Michigan, 41-20 Ohio State. Alabama, 44-31 Ohio State. TCU, Ohio State, 55-20. Um, it's just bad. And I'm trying to find one more. Oh, I don't think Ohio State or Tennessee can hang with Ohio State. Uh, most Are likely to win sure it all. About that? Most likely to win it all. Ohio State, big gap. 
two Alabama, three Georgia, four. The rest of the country combined has a percentage chance below 1%. Are Ohio State fans delusional? Yes. Or are we the idiot? Okay. <laughs> you don't okay, need to face the rest of that question. That was a fast one. Yes, they are. Unless, you know, and this kind of ties into the whole uh, Ryan Day needs to give up play calling. Uh, because I like I said, I retract what I said last week. I I thought that this, again, I'll repeat it, but I thought it was a methodical thing. I thought it was they're doing this. There's a reason for it. And I was completely wrong. But let's just say, for instance, Kevin, that if Bill O'Brien were to pass, or excuse me, not Bill O'Brien, if Ryan Day were to pass the reins of play calling to Bill O'Brien, well, now we might have a different situation on our hands. <laughs> but he won't. Yeah, I, and... I frankly think Bill O'Brien might be an improvement for early game play calling. <laughs> Bunch of screens, just, you know, uh, third and nine. Let's run a screen. I mean, with Marvin Harrison Jr., Trevion Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, that's not a bad play. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, fair enough. But, like, my point is that the offense would it, it's it's a catch 22 because you just have shit head coach play calling or a shit offensive coordinator play calling granted you could do it with ohio state i'm not saying they should yes no i agree i look being delusionally supportive of your team is perfectly fine i i think i do that sometimes i teeter between unbelievably delusional and unbelievably pessimistic. Well, yeah. Those As are the two. Good fan would. Yeah, I'm not I'm never down the middle. I'm never like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. I'm either this is the greatest team ever or holy shit, we might use lose to UMass. <laughs> like that's those are that's where I'm at. Yeah. So I get this. But also having in your bio that you like work for ESPN and shit and you're tweeting this stuff, you're just wrong. Like yeah. Penn State couldn't, Ohio State couldn't beat Penn State that convincingly, and it took you three quarters to put up uh, unanswered points. So let's not be too hasty with the whole blowing out Tennessee and Georgia and all that others. That's ridiculous. Like, that's, that's my thing. Oh, I genuinely don't believe Tennessee could hang with Ohio State. Penn State hung with Ohio State. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. If we didn't have Sean Clifford at quarterback, that scoreline would be extremely different. Yeah, I mean, give you guys Hendon Hooker, and you you probably would be a better team regardless across the board. But yeah, that Ohio State's not winning that game. No, no, absolutely not. It's amazing Switch what a quarterback will do to you. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, even then, if you just go into your Madden set or your NCAA 14 settings and bump up Sean Clifford's awareness a little bit, Ohio State <laughs> might not win that game. <laughs> That's so true. Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. He's so like, incompetent. Ugh. Like it's painful to watch him sometimes. And he's still <laughs> how do you think I feel? to put up 31 on you. Yeah. Kevin, how do you think I feel? I had to do it for four years. Uh, I think, Ugh, I think the COVID fuck. year was a mistake. It has caused some fans unnecessary suffering. <laughs> For having to watch their shitty quarterback for another year. Because he's like, well, I'm not going to the draft, so I might as well stick around a little bit longer. Oh, my God. It worked out for some fans or some players. Kenny Pickett, Hendon Hooker, using, he's like damn near 30 now. Yeah. Uh, so it's worked out for some, but for others, it's just undue suffering. Well, haven't we had enough? Kieran, your, your paid is almost over, I assume. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's gone after this. And and Drew Aller is supposed to be our our next guy. And based on how he's come in and, and played a few of the games, I'm liking it. But it could also be just smoke and mirrors until next season when he actually has to start and just capitulates first, first down. It, it also could just be like, well, this is, I guess, better than what we've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's improvement. like if, it's Every like if you're dating a girl by one. It's like if you're dating a girl who berates you every single day, like, oh, I got you flowers. Well, you got me the fucking wrong ones, you idiot. And then you go to a girl who's just like 
sometimes mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's still not great, but it's an but improvement. It's so objectively, I'm going to marry this girl. Oh, God. Yeah. Jesus. So congrats, Sean Clifford. You're a verbally abusive girlfriend. <laughs> you've, you've been compared to the worst people on earth. Yeah. So that's our show. What a way to end, end on off. high. Uh, thank you, everyone, for stopping by. As a reminder, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Quad Tailgate, Facebook Tailgate in the Quad, but really you can follow us on Instagram because I just hit the also post the Facebook button whenever I post on Instagram. So <laughs> you're not missing much there. Um, also, don't forget, run your pool. Get your picks in. I forgot a couple weeks ago and I went from the top five to like 20th. So don't forget to get your picks in. And everyone have a good weekend. Drink responsibly. Or just don't drive if you don't drink responsibly. Yes. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Stuart. Yeah, LSU way. Just going to put that out there just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but, but you know, go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's to go 8-4 this year. Half those kids are going to transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And... We're still here.